Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Recently, we've lost three young ladies within the LGBTQ community, and this show is dedicated to them. Jocelyn Summers of Dallas, Texas. Tanisha the Divine Cassidine of Tampa, Florida, and China Doll Dupree of Sacramento, California. Ladies, rest on and know that we are all thinking of you and miss you dearly. But most of all, we pray that the three of you are resting beautifully. Let's take a moment of silence and remembrance of the ladies we've lost. Thank you. It's the talk with Mike and Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the Talk with Micah and Friends. And this is your host and creator, Micah. Welcome to The Ruler Invasion. Now, it's actually been a minute since any of you have heard my voice on the radio waves. And for that, I sincerely apologize. But as always, I've been extremely busy and also working on other projects. But I had to be consistent and bring you my annual interview with the rulers of the universe. But before we actually get into today's interview, I wanted you all to make sure that you subscribe to the Talk with Mike and Friends via the many platforms that are made readily available for you. Okay? We have blogtalkradio.com forward slash the talk with Micah. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash the talk with Micah. That is the website that makes it happen each and every episode, okay? So please make sure to visit the site, then you follow the show for free, and then you start following or able to browse all 59 shows, this show being the 59th. We also have iTunes. That's right, iTunes. You can browse the show via the Purple Podcast link that's located on your iPhone device. You will simply click the search button in the bottom right, search the talk with Micah, and you'll be able to hear the episodes from this year, 2017. But soon, very, very soon, every episode produced will be also made readily available on iTunes, dating all the way back to December 2013. Now, if you have any ideas that you would like to see on the show for the summer, please, please, please email me at thetalkwithmica at gmail.com. Again, that's thetalkwithmica at gmail.com. Or you can inbox me on Facebook. That's Micah Pierce, M-I-C-A-H-P-I-E-R-C-E. Now, if you'd like for me to interview any type of icons, legends, or current national representatives within either the pageantry community or the LGBTQ community, just let me know, and I'll do my very best to make that happen, okay? Now, if you or someone you would like or someone you know um, would like to be a part of my Candid Conversation shows where no topic is off limits on the radio waves, please email me as well at thetalkwithmica at gmail.com or you may also hit me up on Facebook, okay? 
That was a lot. Well, it's actually almost time for a quick sit-down with the rulers of the universe for 2016-2017. But before we bring them on, let's hear a few words from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Brown here, reminding you to check out my latest single titled Outside. Go outside and we can play in the rain.
I made a promise to myself many years ago before I ever put out a book that I wouldn't produce or put out any type of project if I didn't have something to say. And so I really didn't think that I had lived enough to write a full book, a sequel, but I actually had something to say and I'm actually in love with this new book. This new book is actually called One Thing for Certain, Two Things for Sure. It is the sequel to Words Never Spoken, and I'm actually in love with this new book. <laughs> I'm just as excited about one thing for certain, two things for sure, as I was about Words Never Spoken. What's up, everybody? This is Craig Stewart. My book's Words Never Spoken and the follow-up. One thing for certain, two things for sure, can be purchased now from my website. That's www.craigtherightersteward.com. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Talk with Micah, and this is your girl T.S. Madison. Yes, God, honey, Miss New Weave, 22 inches herself. Remember, ladies, if you ain't rocking 22 inches or better, bitch, you're practically bald. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Welcome um, to the Talk with Micah, and this is the Rulers. Invasion, also the ruler's interview. Um, the time has come to sit and have a chat with three national title holders, all who, of course, I know very, very well. Um, but since starting the show back in 2013, you know, I've always felt that it was important to remain connected to those who we admire, who we respect, and who we appreciate within the pageantry community. You know, I personally believe that interviews like this, you know, allow us to all take a, take a deeper look into the lives of the revered, and also get, you know, their point of views on pressing topics um, that have become great topics of discussion um, within our community. Um, while I have interviewed the MBU court from 2013, 2014, and 2015, never have I ever, <laughs> that sounds weird, never have I ever had the opportunity to interview the full court. So let's welcome to the show from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, we have Miss Black Universe, Ramaya Black on the line. Welcome, Ramaya. Thank you. You're welcome. From Jacksonville, Florida, we have Mr. Black Universe, Dontrell Iman. Welcome to the show, Dontrell. Hey. Hey, what's <laughs> up, everybody? Okay, I was going to need you to find a little bit more livelier. <laughs> but thank you. From, and from New Orleans, Louisiana, we have Miss Black Universe, Grand Yesha Bubbles Alexander. Welcome to the show. Yeah, baby, we live. Okay, hello. <laughs> um, I want to thank uh, each of you again for, you know, taking the time out of your day to sit with me just for a few to, you know, get a better understanding of who you are, you know, um, on and off stage, and to also get insight on your current reign um, and your thoughts and your concerns, you know, in relative to the world that we live in and um, participate in called pageantry. So as I do every interview, you know, I want us to start with the basics. So, uh you know, getting to know the person behind the makeup, behind the talents, behind the garments, behind the stage persona. So I want to start with uh, Miss Black University Grand, um, and everyone will basically answer this question. I want to start with um, Yesha, and then we'll go to Ramaya, and then Dontrell. So we'll save um, the Mister for last. We'll let the ladies go first. 
So uh, starting with Yesha, you know, tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself, you know, where you were born and raised, your family upbringing, and also your fondest childhood memory. So, again, where you were born and raised, your family upbringing, and your fondest childhood memory. We'll start there. Yesha? Oh, of course, my phone oh, okay. out. As soon as it's time for me to talk, it, you know, the screen went away. Oh, and I have okay. a new iPhone, and I'm still learning how to use it, so forgive me. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so I'm a 35-year-old Scorpio, um, born in New Orleans and practically raised here through my whole life. I was um, spent some time in Palatine, Mississippi, as well as uh, Inglewood, California, growing up. Um, you know, my moved around a little bit, but... Most of my life, I was, you know, again, born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, um, I'm a general manager of a hotel. It's just really, really busy. I do have a 13-year-old daughter, which, you know, takes up the majority of my life outside of pageantry. Uh, I spend a lot of time with my family. I love cooking. Really, I love cooking. Um, I'm into all types of music. I can play about 12 different instruments. Um, It's just, you know, crazy. But I find this childhood memory. I have to really think about that one. I don't know. I had a really good childhood, and um, I did a lot. So, I mean, I was always on stage doing something, mm-hmm. singing somewhere, dancing somewhere, you know, in the band and ROTC, the whole deal. So, mm. um, I don't know. So, it's like I, I can't really just pinpoint <laughs> a, like a fondest childhood. I, find I have time. a lot. <laughs> you have a lot. Well, so, so, so. I'll do. I'll, I'll ask you another question in reference to something that you brought up in regards to the instruments, because I never knew you, you know, played a lot of instruments. Not, you know, not even just a lot. I didn't know you played twelve. Um, so, what was your favorite instrument to play? I'll ask you that. That one. My favorite instrument to play was the tuba, okay. <laughs> because it was just so big, and everybody was always like, "You play that big old thing," and I'm like, "Yeah," but that was it was basically one of my main instruments. Um, that I played through junior high and high school with two, the concert band and marching band as well. And, um, yeah, I played a lot of instruments, and I went on to actually composing, you know, doing some arrangements for high school marching band and stuff like that. And a couple of years after high school, um, I took on a position as an assistant band director at one of my um, old high schools. Too. So, yeah, I did have a lot to do with oh, wow. you know, musical instruments and band and stuff like that. Okay, good. See, you learn something new about your sister every day. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, so, Ramaya. Um, give us some information. Where were you born and raised, your family upbringing, and your fondest childhood memory? Hello, everyone. I was born and raised. I was born in Jackson, Mississippi, but I was raised in a little small town 20 minutes south of Jackson called Crystal Springs, Mississippi. I was raised by a single mother that I love so dearly. I'm not going to tell you my age, but I'm a Taurus. <laughs> and I, um, and like really, like I had a wonderful, wonderful childhood. Like my mother was the most amazing person. Like she worked three jobs to make sure that I, you know, didn't want for anything. And like that's why it was so important for me to have her there at university this year when I, well, last year when I competed and to mm-hmm. actually see her witness me capture, you know, a dream of mine was very, very amazing to me. Um, my most fondest childhood memory will be. I like I love animals, so like she like I wanted to have a zoo. So okay. She went about me like a chicken. I had a fish. I had a turtle. I had two dogs. Um, I had a sheep. Like I had. Wow. <laughs> like I used to love animals and stuff, and I was also a cheerleader, so that was really my upbringing. Okay, cool. So you were a cheerleader for what high school? 
I was in Crystal Springs High School, and I was okay. also tutored in middle school. Okay. Now, let me ask you a question, because, like, my cousin, um, when, as I was growing up in, in, in high school or going through, the, you know, high school, my cousin was, like, the only male cheerleader. He was the only, you know, black male cheerleader or whatever. So you being that at that stage of your life, you know, did you, you know, face anything, any hardships, any pe- anybody was, like, you know, giving you, you know, grief time, for doing like, that? I was actually, yeah, all the time, I was actually the very first male, <clears throat> excuse me, male cheerleader at our school. Mm. Also, when I got to high school, I was the very first. So, you know, wow. I, I have a lot of firsts in my life. But anyway, and, like, they used to lift me up and toss me <laughs> every Oh, wow. So they used to do what they did Everybody for the – yeah, they basically did what they did for the females to me because I was right. so small. I was very, very small. So, okay. um, you know, it was like very, like all the girls were bigger than me. So uh-huh. I couldn't pick them up because they had to do it. Right. Around. Right. Oh, yeah. that was me. <laughs> yeah, but it was, I mean, it was hard because, you know, everybody, oh, you gay, you're fat, right. you're this, right. you're that. Right. So I dealt with that, you know, my whole life. But then when I got to high school, I I kind of became the smart gay guy. You see what I'm gotcha. saying? Uh-huh. So it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, you know, we can be his friend as long as we cheat off his paper or this, this, mm. this, 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 Drag queens and stuff. I started doing drag, but then in the meantime, I became a general manager now for Pizza Hut. I've been there for nine years now. Okay, good, 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 good. Yeah. Valedictorian. Okay, I haven't met many valedictorians, especially within within our community. So, you know, this is the this is the first for me. Um, but good. That's a great accomplishment, though. That's a great accomplishment. Thank you. So now we go to Dontrell. Dontrell. <laughs> give us, you know, your, hey, your, how you doing? <laughs> give us your backstory. Where were you? Hey, how you born doing? and raised? Upbringing and your well, fondest uh, childhood. I memory. was born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida. Duval County is what we call it. Um, <laughs> shoot, I'm 27 today. Um, I'll tell y'all my real age when I get about the pageant. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, um, but my fondest childhood memory is actually when I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, um, when I was growing up, I was a, um, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, um, okay. and I was raised by my grandparents. And my grandmother, she told me, um, she wanted me to go out and find myself. And okay. um, I had found this Baptist church, and I, the feeling that I experienced, like I mean, the first time feeling the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. Mm. It was so amazing, and that's, like, one of my fondest memories as a child. Wow. So let me ask you a question as far as – because I'm actually reading a book Mm -hmm. right now um, by Charlemagne the God from The Breakfast Club, and it's so interesting because today I was reading a part of the book where he talked about how he grew up as a Jehovah's Witness, and he said that, um, of course, you know, Jehovah's Witness, they don't celebrate birthdays and holidays and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So um, my first question is – is your that side of the family still Jehovah Witness and, and all of that? That's my first question. Yeah, um, actually, yes. Okay. Um, my grandparent, well, my grandmother, she still is. Okay. Um, but the crazy thing with her is how she she never wanted us to be separated from the world because uh-huh. you know we had a lot of friends growing up. Right. So she never wanted us to separate. You know, be different. So right. How she did our birthdays was she'd give us a gift 
before our birthday and after our birthday. Uh-huh. You know, or like when it came to Christmas, she'd give us something. Oh, I was just thinking about you, and she'd buy some stuff, buy us a whole bunch of clothes before Christmas. And then after Christmas, oh, let's um go and buy some toys. Like, mm-hmm. so growing up, we still kind of, we still kind of got what we, what the world wanted us to have. Right. But we just ain't celebrate on the actual day. On the actual day. It's so crazy because that's what Charlemagne said. His, like his mom, his his mom was a Jehovah's Witness. His dad wasn't. But what his dad would do is kind of basically what your grandmother would do. His his dad would still give him stuff either before the holiday or after the holiday because he knew that when it's time to go back to school after the Christmas break or whatever, everybody had these new clothes, these new shoes, these, and he didn't want his children to be different from all the other ones, you know, and not to experience of getting the, the newer things. So it's really, it's really interesting how that, that worked out because I just literally read that today. But interesting, okay. I'm, I'm serious. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so before we actually dig into further questions regarding our community, pageantry, NBU, I have a few rapid-fire questions, and I'm going to ask that, you know, you guys um, answer in the order of queen, king, and grand. So it will be Ramaya, Dontrell, and Yesha. And it's ten questions, but it's really quickly. So real quick. So when I ask the question, you know, um, since Ramaya, you're the first one, you'll you know say whatever your answer is, and so forth and so on. But again, the order will be Ramaya, Dontrell, and Yasha. And again, it's ten quick, rapid fire questions. Y'all ready? Ready. Okay. So Ramaya, favorite season of the year? Spring. Dontrell. Summer. Yasha. Oh, summer. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Winter. Okay. Okay. Winter. Fa- okay. Fashion trend you wish would die. Bell bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Rompers. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> Pencil skirts? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. What's the favorite place you visited? Um, Italy. Okay. Oh, Houston, Texas. Okay, I like Houston. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Don Trell on that one, Houston. Texas. Okay. Oh, so a lot of stuff went on in Houston. I'm yeah. <laughs> um, dogs, cats, or other? Dogs. Okay. Dogs. Okay. Other. Okay. What would that other be, Yasha? <laughs> Neither. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, so now I'm going to ask you, what's the um, the golden girl you best relate to? Oh, <laughs> I know that's hilarious. Blanche. <laughs> okay, Blanche. Okay. Okay. Um. I don't watch it. Okay, well, it. okay. So, since you don't watch it, I, the, I got, I got somebody lady. else. The okay, the old lady, so Sophia. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Because I had another. I was going to ask you if you didn't, if you weren't into Golden Girls, I would have said, what is the um the Cosby kid that you best relate to? But you know, since you said Sophia, we go with Sophia. Go ahead, Yasha. I would most relate to Blanche, I'm sure. Okay, so two <laughs> Blanches and a Sophia. Okay. Um, name a living person you haven't met but would love to meet if you had the opportunity. Beyonce. Okay. <laughs> wow. Kelly Price. Okay. Snooky. 
<laughs> I'm not even going to ask you why. Uh, uh, next one is your, your current TV show addiction. Um, what's it? Fixer Upper. Fixer Upper, okay. Um, the Originals. Okay. So you think you can dance? Okay. Um, Aretha Franklin, Patti LaBelle, or Whitney Houston? Whitney Houston. Okay. Pat LaBelle. Okay. Aretha Franklin. All right. For breakfast, sweet or savory? Savory. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one. Like, you said what, uh, Yesha? I like meat. Okay, you like meat. I get you. I don't like both. So the last one is who is your favorite ruler of the universe? You can only name one. Aja <laughs> Dupree. Okay. I'm I'm going to pass because I want no problems. Okay. Well, hold on. Wait, don't say nothing yet. <laughs> so so when when you filled out that form at registration for for mm-hmm. NBU, did how many people did you put down? Mm-hmm. A couple. Right. Oh, you always got to be the difficult one. Okay, Yasha, go ahead. Jacqueline Devereaux. Okay, I love her too. I'm not going to say she's my favorite, but I like her. All right, so that was the rapid fire. So now um, I know you guys said a lot in your in your opening about who you are and, and what type of things you, you've gone through or been through or whatever the case may be, but I want you to – so let's think about the people that are listening, the, the pageant viewers or whatever the case may be that will be listening to this, to this show, to this interview. Um, give me two things that most people in our community do not know about Dontrell, Yasha, and Ramaya. So give me – now, if you only can think about one thing, then that's fine. But at least if you can, give me two things or give me something that most people don't know about Dontrell, Yasha, and Ramaya, and I'll start with Dontrell. Um, well, Dontrell is um, actually my middle name. Okay. Uh, that's one. Okay. Uh, the second thing is I'm very self-conscious about my weight. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Yasha? Yeah, I kind of figured that one would be a tough one for me because Anybody who knows me knows that I'm pretty much an open book. You can ask me anything. I don't really, I don't have anything to hide or anything like that. But um, I'm really trying to think hard on this one. But what, I, think uh, about think about like the normal pageant person that may not be involved or may not live in New Orleans or may not even know you. Like, what would they be surprised to know about you or just don't know about you that you don't really put out there? Oh, a lot of people don't know that I'm really a guy. They think I'm trans. Okay. They think you trans. Okay. That's one. I did. <laughs> um I think it's really cute, but I mean I get that a lot. I'm not you know, I'm not a, a braggadocious person or anything like that, but I get that a lot. People are really shocked to know that I'm a boy. Right. I think that's really, really cute. So um okay. I'll go with that one. Okay. And I'm a late bloomer. 
Okay. As far as you know, my homosexuality and like sexuality when I when I became when I became in tune with my lifestyle and everything, I'm, I was a really really late bloomer. I don't think I kissed a boy until I was like 21 or 22 or something. Mm. I was really late with everything, so I'm like real behind on all that. So that's okay. People may not know that. Okay. All right. Thank you. And what is the what would you guys consider? And I'll start with Ramaya. What's the mi- uh, excuse me? What's the biggest misconception about you? Um, the biggest misconception about me is that I'm very mean off stage. You mm-hmm. know, I like I come across as, you know, being like kind of standoffish, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and to answer the other question, two things that people don't know about. Oh yeah, I forgot about I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm allergic to cheese. I hate cheese, and they, oh. I actually have a low self esteem. Oh. And most okay. people won't think about that, but I do. Okay. But I'm, okay, so without getting too deep, how do you, how do you, um, because you know that about yourself, how do you uh-huh. combat that? Like, how how do you rise above? Stage, that? Like that, you get on the stage. That's okay. what really makes me feel beautiful. It's like when I'm on stage, and that's when, like, I think that's part of the reason why I started doing female impersonation is because as a boy, I feel like I was hideous, like absolutely horrible, mm-hmm. but. I I didn't get compliments until you know you know until I started wanting to become a girl and start dressing like a girl and you know start leaving my life as a girl like everybody's like oh you're so beautiful and stuff and that's what made me feel like you know really make me you know made me feel accepted so that's okay. where my you know my esteem came from and that's why I love being on the stage. Okay, thank you. Now, again, I apologize for um for cutting uh, what <laughs> not allowing you to answer the first one. I apologize, but it's okay. Um, but okay, so the biggest misconception is that people think that you're mean or standoffish off stage, right? Right. Okay. All right. And uh, biggest misconception, Dontrell? <laughs> well, the biggest one is uh, I'm flirtatious. I'm a whore. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's not true. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm just a really nice person, and I just mm-hmm. like to speak to everybody. I like to say hey to everybody, and that's just how I am. I'm, I promise you, I'm not in the war, and I'm, I don't be flirting. I just be, I be nice. I'm a nice person. You nice, you're, you're nice, and then you smile, and then you know, you know that smile just yeah. brings people in, yeah. and, and they feel like, oh my god, he nice. smiled at me, he liked me. Yeah, I get it. But that's not flirting. No, it's not. So tell the people what's flirting, so they'll know the next time they see you out, you know how to decipher if he's just being nice or if he's being flirty. <laughs> <laughs> If I say what's up, red, uh-huh. what's up, black, that means that you're doing what? Flirting. Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna take some. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take this offline because uh, <laughs> you're gonna get in trouble. Um, so, Yasha, what about you? <laughs> I think the the biggest misconception that I've run across in the community is a lot of people, um, like some people think that I just started okay. doing drag. I think it's kind of, they kind of feel like I just came out of nowhere. And, like, okay. a lot of people don't remember or they don't know, of, you know, how, how long I've been doing this. And it's like, you know, I lost a lot of pageants a long time. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> you, know, before, you, know, before, you know, before Down in the South and, you know, Western and, and Universe, they all kind of happened, you know, really quickly and back to back. But, you know, I think of the four times before when I competed at Heaven at Large, and I would get in drag once a year and go mm. Heaven at Large, and, you know, and lose that pageant. And like all those years, you know, actually 
you know, taught me everything I know today and the time I put into black America, you know, people don't remember none of that. They just know, you know, from time to the south to, you know, Westland. Westland to, to, to universe, exactly. I, yeah, most people think I just started. So it's just, right. that's, that's just a misconception. I've been doing this a long time. I've been losing a long time. It's okay. Time. <laughs> no more losing. She's a winner, baby. Now, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I never, I never would have thought that people that was a misconception of people thought that you had just come out. But no, ma'am, she's been, she's been around the block a few times. So, let's start with, or let's talk about pageants. Um, and it, it could, you know, we'll talk about NBU and we'll we'll get to that. But um, let's just talk about pageants and, and title, being a title holder and stuff like that. So, who first initially introduced you to the art form? Of either male impersonation or male lead and or female impersonation and pageants, like who was the who was the first person that initially introduced you to the art form? And I'll and I'll start with um, Yasha. Oh well, it was actually a a trio that kind of got me into this at one time, and that was my drag my drag mother Jada Alexander, my aunt Shania, and my sister Nicole O'Hara. It was kind of like I would help my other sisters and everything get in drag. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, you know what? No, you do all this, everybody, let's put you in drag. And then that was one of those times I got myself together and went and did Heavenly Lords and Lords. Hmm. Okay. So so you said, um, who, what were the three people that put, that put you in drag or started <laughs> start you out again? <laughs> Jada Alexander. Oh, Jada. Uh, that's right. uh-huh, okay. Nicole O'Hara Monroe. Okay. And I know all of them. <laughs> okay. Um, t- tell me about the name. Where did that come from? My drag mother named me, and uh, she always loved the name because that was uh, a former drag queen, or I don't know if she's a drag queen. I don't want to call her trap, maybe a trans woman. I'm not sure. But okay. I think her name was Jaisha Kincaid or something like that. Okay. And they loved the way she said her name. So, I, mm. you know, I uh, – <laughs> I had created a name for myself at first, and my name was gonna be Etor or something. And I'm Etor, Etor, Etor. Okay. Okay. I I wanted to be like a Russian woman, so my name was okay. Etor. No, you know Etor or somebody. I don't know. And right. they're like, no, that's other. So I'm like, well, you know, I'm just gonna let my mama name me, and then she named me Yasha from the girl okay. Yasha Kincaid. Okay, and you've had that name, that that same name since the start of your career. I've had that same name since the start of my career. And then um, the other name that I'm known by, Bubbles, actually came from China, though, because okay. um, she she had an aunt, and she would always tell me, because I'm her aunt, and she would always tell me that I reminded her of her aunt Bubbles because her auntie was the, the aunt in the family that all the kids wanted to run away and go live with. And that's mm. what I was in my gay family. So she was and you are that, you are that, you are that, that woman. <laughs> I am. I am. So, and then I just became couples and that name just kind of really stuck with me throughout the years. So I, I really appreciate where I got both of my names from. Oh, and my wow. last name was, you know, it was, it was really worked hard for. So I really have right. a lot of love and respect for my last name. Good. I love that history behind your name. Okay. Thank you so very, very much. To Ramaya, um, who's the first person that introduced you to the art form? It was a trio. It was Terry Jones, my gay father. Mm-hmm. My gay mother at the time was Amira Black. My sister. And <laughs> other father was um, Patrick Love. Uh-huh. And they all got me ready for my first show <laughs> at Club Metro. And, and, like, really the rest was history. Well, where did, where did the, um, the stage name come from? Ramaya. What did the that stage come? name came from my actual 
real name with Amira's on the end, so that's where I get the Ramaya from. Like she she didn't want it to be Mira, so she added the I and made Maya because my first stage name I was a huge Beyonce fan. My first my first stage name was Beyonce. Beyonce. Okay. That didn't last long. <laughs> that didn't last, but my first show. So okay. My first show, Mira was like, come here, baby. We got to change that name first. And then right. That's where, that's where I got Ramaya from. Okay. Okay. Um, and yes, Amira Black, that was that was one of my good sisters, Black America's sisters. I miss her so much. Um, but yeah, and I met um, Patrick as well, you know, as far as, you know, being introduced to him being introduced to him through Amira. So, uh, yeah, definitely know about Miss Amira Black. And, of course, I know Terrence. Um, mm-hmm. So now on to Dontrell. Uh, who is the first person that initially introduced you to the art form? Okay. Um, well, I had went to the gay club a few times, mm-hmm. but it was actually my first boyfriend, like actually first real relationship uh, his name is his stage name was Dietrich Bonet. Okay. Um, I call him Lindsay. Um, yeah, he's from Jacksonville, and he introduced me to it. Like I used to, we used to we moved in together. He was doing pageants, and I was just so like, wow. Then I used to have to stone his stuff and do all this stuff. He taught me how to do all this stuff, and I was just like, well, sure, if he can do it, and I feel like I'm better than him, I can do it. And mm. you know, he was like, well, show me. <laughs> he beat me. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I was introduced to it. Okay. And then your name, you, 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 yeah, you told us about the name, how, it, how you was your middle name. But what prompted you? Did you have a name, another name before that, or was that the first one? Mm-mm. No. Well, because he, you know, my childhood name is Don Don. Everybody right. called me Don Don, but it comes from Don Trail. But okay. I always went by Don Trail. Like that was just, I really. Growing up, I never wanted to know. No, I never wanted anyone to know exactly who I was. Mm-hmm. So I adopted my middle name as my first name. Got you. You know, because I was, you know, facing so many different things. You know, yeah. trying not to come out because of, you know, being from the hood and shit like that. You know, right. so um, it was like that kind of thing. And um, but so it was like Dontrell was always my name, and Iman actually came from um my original gay mom. She was one of the first five um, Imans, um, and her name was Morticia Iman. Okay. She really do pageants and stuff like that, but she was like the sister, the educated sister. So she okay. was kind of like the money behind them a little bit. So, okay. Okay. Interesting. Morticia. So that's came from. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, do any of you remember the first song that you ever performed on stage? And if so, what was it? Ooh, uh, I do. It's actually it's funny because I um this is Lisa speaking actually. But my first song that I performed was, was my all by Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. And I think that's funny because she's not a, a an artist that I even listen to at all. You right. Know, less, but it was my all by Mariah Carey. Wow, okay. So so the other question I was gonna ask is do you still perform that to this day? I would I would say you probably don't. No, sir. I've only done Mariah Carey twice. Okay. In my career. Okay. Okay. Once, and I did a circle once. That was it. Okay. I like Mile though. Okay. I don't too much care for her, but I do like that song. Okay. Um. What about you, Ramayo or Don Terrell? Do y'all remember the very first song you ever performed? 
Oh, I remember mine candidly only because it was Get Me Body by Beyonce, and I did the long extended version with the dance at the end, and my mm. wig came off. So I Ooh. was never <laughs> Have you ever performed that song again? No, I hate that song. Okay. <laughs> a bad memory, a bad memory. Okay, okay. And what about you, Dontrell? Uh, well, the first song I performed was Avant, I Want to Be Close. Oh, I never heard um, that. Actually, yeah. Well, want to be close. Yeah, it's um, and I performed it like maybe three times. You know, it's like when them, when I don't know what to do, I can pull it out. You know, mm-hmm. with a good old crowd, <laughs> right? Seasoned people that are that are tipsy just because of the song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, what what's the um, Dontrell? What's the very first pageant you ever competed in? <laughs> um, it was a club title here called Springtime Newcomer. Oh, jeez. And I competed against my first boyfriend. <laughs> and he beat uh, Dietrich. Okay. And you, you said it was yeah. called Springtime? <laughs> Springtime Newcomer. Jeez. How many, how many, how many years did that last? <laughs> well, it came every spring. Well, <laughs> I came out kind of late. Oh, okay. I came out kind of late, so it was a couple formals, but okay. Okay, my year was last year. Yeah, last year. Okay. Springtime newcomer. Okay. <laughs> um, Yasha, what was the very first pageant you ever competed in? Oh, mine was Heavenly at Large. Heavenly at Large. Okay. And uh, Ramaya? Mine was Mississippi Newcomer. Mississippi Newcomer. Okay. Ramaya, um, still talking to you. Um, what was the first pageant you ever won? Mississippi newcomer. <laughs> okay. Uh, Yasha, first pageant you ever won? <laughs> I won. It was a pageant in Houston called Gay World National. Okay. All great. right. And then, um, uh, Dontrell, first pageant you ever won? You know, honestly, I really don't know the name of it. I think I was the first day last year. What, what was, it, was it in Jacksonville or was somewhere else? It was in uh, Daytona Beach, Florida. Oh, okay. It was one of those. Um, yeah. Here today, yeah. gone today. <laughs> here today, gone today. <laughs> okay. It was definitely going to the same day. Okay. Um, what, what's your? You know, I think we all have pet peeves. You know, and we have. I, I when every time I do this this type of interview, I always say we have a pageant pet peeve and we have personal pet peeves. So I want you really quickly, um, and then I'll get into um, social media responsibility regarding title holders. Um, that'll be kind of like the next little question I have for you guys. But give me um, your pet peeve. You know, if you don't, if you have one and not the other, it's totally fine. But if you do, if you have both, that'd be great. Um, so your pageant pet peeve, and what is your personal pet peeve? And anybody can go. I'm not going to pinpoint it. Whoever has the answer first. Uh, well, I'll go first. Um, I okay. Because it's easy. Because um, it's something I live by. Um, I believe in treating people how you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why, like, my um, my gay father gave me the name, the Golden Ruler, um, because I do believe in that. And that's something I stand by and live by. And that's in and out of drag. And, you know, that's just every day. Period. Okay. So so when people do the total opposite, that's like your, your pet peeve. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Ramaya, Yasha. I think my pet peeve 
is like a liar, like a compulsive liar that really, okay. really gets to me. Mm-hmm. And well, that's like my everyday when we're like in drag, like when when it's like people not wearing stockings and stuff, they really bother. <laughs> they really bother. Okay. Because I mean, when I was growing up, like my grandma always told me that women wear stockings and you know all that kind of stuff. So I I, I really think that now, like I always have to have a pair of stockings. I don't know why it just bothers me. That's it. Okay. Okay. And Yasha. I would have to say for me in pageantry, mm-hmm. it would have to be just an individual that has a defeatist, um, like a defeatist mentality because at the end of the day, don't get me wrong, everybody as a human is going to feel defeated at some point in your career, mm-hmm. you know, winning and losing or not having a successful reign or something. or You know, anything can go wrong in your day-to-day to make you feel defeated. But when you just let that determine the route you take in life or, or the path you take in pageantry, you know, it really bothers me because at the end of the day, doubt and defeat is not of the Lord. So right. that's something that you really have to dig deeper to fix. You know, it, it goes beyond the whole pageantry level when you carry that mentality. Right. And um, that really bothers me when it comes to pageantry. And as far as a personal um, pet peeve, it's just the, just when somebody has a lack of respect for someone's personal space. Okay. I like that. All right, and I'll tell you, I don't, well, I'll just tell you my pageant pet peeve. My pageant, my pageant pet peeve is, um, you know, pageants not starting on time and ending at a decent hour. You know, th- that's kind of like my pageant. Like, I can't stand to go to a pageant and it does not start on time, an hour or two, you know. And my, my time, my, I experienced it way before going to New Orleans. <laughs> I experienced it in Atlanta, you know, years ago, but that's kind of like my, my pet peeve, like, you know, if you go, pageant starts at 7, let's, you know, latest we need to start at 7.30. And we don't need to be in there till 1 or 2 o'clock waiting for the results. And then, of course, me being at home, if I'm not there physically at the pageant, I don't want to stay up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning waiting for some results. So, yeah, starting, you know, people not starting their pageants on time or ending at a decent hour, that's definitely a pageant pet peeve for me. Um, but let's talk about social media responsibility real quick. Um, I think, like, the way of thinking for some is that national title holders should uphold themselves in the highest esteem and be professional professional at all times. Um, but we also understand that title holders are also human. So my question to you guys, anyone can answer first, it doesn't matter. Um, do you think that title holders should have a personal opinion about things via social media? Or should they just keep quiet and not involve themselves with anything that would put them in a position um, for the masses to kind of like question their validity as a, as a national title holder? So do you think title holders should speak up and have a voice about whatever it is, or do you think title holders is kind of just kind of lay low and not really um, kind of get in the trenches of conversation? Uh, this bubble. Okay. Uh, that's an yeah, interesting topic. of something that, you know, we have to deal with every day. Um, the thing I think it, it has to just be you have to be careful and mindful because anything you say or do can put yourself, your career, and the system, you know, as a business, you know, in jeopardy. But at the end of the day, um, when you're given a position, you have you have the voice and the platform that the multitude don't have to, mm-hmm. um, you know, speak on certain topics and things like that. But also, you just have to be mindful. I think it's okay to speak about certain issues if you have a solution. Because if you okay. just want to add to the to the gossip and you don't have a solution. Mm-hmm. to fix whatever the problem is, and you just become another part of the problem. And then you become a bigger part of the problem because now you have a system and a career tagging along. Exactly. 
So mm-hmm. I think it's okay to speak on the on the topic if you have a solution. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And not only if you have a solution, but you are going to, you know, being that you're the national title holder, you're the national representative for that system, that you're trying to make, you know, that solution come into fruition for the most part, you know, at, at the best that you can, because, you know, you may have a solution, but nobody may, you know, join a board or whatever, but, you know, if you can at least try, you know, that's just my Yeah, I totally agree. I agree. I mean, because, you know I mean, as long as you, you use your voice for something positive mm-hmm. and it's nothing negative, you know, that can be said, like when I just facilitated the the public service announcement that me and Michelle and my mother, Aja, and Nicole and a lot of more girls, Ashley and Cherry, you know, that we just did, I feel like I was using my voice in a positive light to shed light on, you know, trans lives, you know, that, that they really matter. So I really feel like as long as you use it in a positive light, then there's nothing negative that could be said. I agree. I agree. Dontrell, what about you? You know, I totally agree with both of them. Uh, I'm just a person like I'm quiet. You know, I like to stay quiet because, um, you know, I do have a, <laughs> I do have a, my, my views on things are a lot different. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm not a person that was solely in the lifestyle and never right. been solely in the lifestyle. So my views about certain things in the lifestyle are very, very different. Mm-hmm. So with me, the way I just kind of, I just try to stay clear. I try to stay clear because I know things I believe in kind of offends people. Mm. And, and, and I think, and I think that is being smart, you know, I, um, cause I, I wish that a lot of, people who are, how can I going to say this, in the limelight or their representatives or whatever the case may be, um, uh, would be social media responsible and accountable, but also know when to speak up and when not to say anything at all. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes, you know, I think as a community, we jump into conversations and or we'll say something. And really, honestly, we've opened up a whole new can of worms. So sometimes it just takes us to say, you know what, I don't even want need to be involved in this conversation. And then on top of that, if you say something wrong, then you, like, you know, I think Yeshi was saying, you know, you have a system that now you kind of rest on the shoulders of. You have formers that have a legacy of 20, 30 years, you know, so you've got to also protect that and also knowing that coming into something so big, so powerful, that is actually beyond you, you know, you know, it's just like you got to kind of choose your words. You got to kind of choose your battles battles wisely because at the end of the day, you don't really want that, you know, that negative, you know, stuff to come to you as a title holder. And then you got to deal with, you know, other stuff. So, you know, I, I, I personally think that it's just people just were more social media responsible. Um, and then if you're going to be with also being responsible, if you're going to put something out there, then be accountable for it. And like you said, have some type of backing to support whatever a solution supporting whatever you're, whatever you're saying that may be going against what everyone else is saying. So I get it, and I, I really appreciate um, your responses. Um, do you guys think that there's um, still, in 2017, politics and pageantry? That's a, that can be a yes or no question. You don't have to give an uh, explanation. <laughs> yes or no question. Do you think there's still politics and pageantry? Um, this is Dontrell. Okay. Um, I do. I truly okay. do. Okay. Okay. Um, Yesha, Ramaya. <laughs> I'm kind of on a fence about that one because I, I, I me would, too. I don't know how to say yes or no, but what I will say is, I have for the past two to three years, I mm-hmm. haven't 
seen it. You know, okay. like the, the past couple of pageants I've been going to, I, I truly agree with the outcome. I felt like the winners were the winners. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, some people may feel different, but that's just my opinion. I haven't, I just haven't felt like, you know, somebody was next in line or somebody won because they did the pageant 12 years or something like that. I just haven't been seeing that, you know, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't okay. seen it recently. Okay. Okay. Um, have you ever have you ever gone into a pageant and you, you you've heard and I'm saying I'm saying you go I'm meaning you're preparing for this contest um, that you've heard oh child this pageant is promised to such and such this that, and the other um, ha, ha, first of all that that's a, a yes or no and then I'll ask a, a, another question behind it so have you ever been preparing for a pageant and people say oh child you know I've heard such and such is going to win the pageant or set up for them yes okay of course. Every pageant okay. I've done. <laughs> Every pageant you've done. <laughs> okay. Done so, so then my qu- my question um, is, um, how did you handle as as far as the preparation? How did you still do what you need to do in order, to, you know, to to rise above that? Like, what what was your your game plan even while hearing that? Okay, um, this is Dontrell. Um, my thing is, I believe in upsetting the myth. So even though it was, you know, it was told to me, oh, it's promised to this person. It was promised mm-hmm. to this person. Oh, mm-hmm. well, you got to show me. That's right. my biggest thing. You got to show me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's how it is. I'm just going mm-hmm. to put my best mm-hmm. foot forward. You got to show me. Upset the mess. That's what you said? Yes. I love that. <laughs> no, I love it. I just want to make sure I was clear. I like that because, you know, Basha <laughs> always had, you know, that thing back in the day. They said she used to say if the pageant is, un- is rigged, then I'll unrig it. So I like your saying too, you know, upset the mess. I like that. Okay. Ramaya, Yasha, how do you handle going into the competition and, and that being, you know, what's out there? Action speaks louder than words. Action speaks louder than words. Okay. And that's how I handle like getting ready for a pageant. I always get ready. I mean, because you're your, to me, I'm my only, like, like I'm my only competition. So therefore, I know. What I'm bringing to the table, and if I feel like I can't beat myself, then I don't think nobody else can either. Okay, thank you, Yasha. Well, I guess my thing is just uh, um, at the end of the day, like whenever I'm getting ready for any pageant, I just prepare for the best me, you know, and whatever it is, I just want to be the best me that night because you know, uh, you know, I've truly learned over the years that it, it it doesn't matter, you know how good an entertainer is or, you know, how many pageants she's won or something like that because at the end of the day, a competition is determined on one night. You can be the best entertainer in the world, get to a pageant and have a terrible night. That's and right. if I'm the best me, then I win the pageant that night. So I just that's right. Up to be the best myself. And then that's, at the end of the day, what God has for you, it is for you, honey. Do the pageant. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think that we'll get into it in a little bit, but I, I kind of think, like, that sometimes discourages people. Like some people don't have, so I, I, I give you guys the credit and I give you the kudos for that because you have some entertainers and some competitors who still are at a stage where just the smallest little thing, you know, kind of deters them away from competing for the pageant. And then I'm looking like, sometimes I want to ask those people like, who you thought was going to win or who they told you was going to win didn't, even, didn't win and some of them didn't even crack the five. <laughs> so now how do you feel? You know, mm-hmm. um, and, and because I'm like, I know you're out there in the audience just beating yourself up, you know, and, and but to me that would kind of prepare you to say, okay, 
I said what I said, and I did what I did this year, and I didn't compete because of whatever. Now, going into next year, I don't care who's competing. You know, I'm going to take a, a book from the book of Dontrell and say I'm going to go in and I'm upset the mess, if there is any going on. You know, so, you know, I, I think that's also, you know, something that, that also happens where it discourages people that don't have the fight and don't have the determination that the three of you have. Um, but I, I definitely like um, your views on that, and I like, you know, getting a, a understanding of, how you overcame even hearing those rumors. So in an industry that can become so fickle, competitive, and discriminatory at times, what motivates you to stay afloat in this uh, pageantry community? Because I think it's hard now, especially in our black community. So how is it that you still stay afloat, that you're able to fight and then come out on top as, as we say, the rulers? Like, how, what motivates you, Ramaya? Mm, what really, really motivates me is, like, my passion that I have for this art form. And I feel like, it, like I said, I had low self-esteem. So by me being on that stage, it gives me a higher self-esteem and it gives me, like, a love for this art form. So I feel like that's what motivates me to keep going regardless of any situation. Okay. okay. And besides my love for God. And your love for God. Okay. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. What motivates you to stay well, afloat? What motivates me is because um, you've lost a lot of time per, per you. Per you, you've lost a lot of time. So what motivates you? I have. I've lost a lot of time. But you know, honestly, what motivates me is really my city. Okay. I, um, you know, I, we 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 just band together, and when we yeah. compete, we compete together. When we lose, we lose together. So I mean, with that being said, whenever one of us competes, we're never in the pageant by ourselves. So Good. you know, you're not fighting by yourself, you're not fighting for yourself. So at right. the end of the day, you know, you have a lot, you know, to win and you have a lot to lose if you do lose. But you know, with the city and the people that I have supporting me, that's really my motivation. And I will say, I like that about. New Orleans, I love that about um, Jackson, Mississippi, or Mississippi as a whole, and I love that about Florida. Um, is that camaraderie and the people just get behind, you know, get behind the the, the whoever, even if it's just the front runner, they get behind it and and they support it. And I really love that because your damn show didn't get that in Atlanta. No shade, no shade to Atlanta, no shade, but uh, it's just a lot of you know you you don't, you don't get you don't get the same as you did in like Mississippi, Florida, or um or New Orleans. So I appreciate that. And what about you, Dontrell? What motivates you to stay afloat and keep going? Um, honestly, just I believe in um, always getting better. Okay. So my thing is whenever I hit the stage one time, the first time, next time I hit the stage, I, I have to be better. So it right. kind of, like, forces me to always be better and do better. Right. So that's the one thing, like, my my to be better and to be the best, honestly. Mm-hmm. And be, be better than the last time you ever hit the stage. Yes. Yeah, I like At that. All, you will always be better. Okay. And if you're not, you might want to rethink <laughs> this industry, you know. Um, okay. So so this may be a hard question to answer, but um, I think it's, I think, you know, we should be asking it. Um are black pageants still needed in 2017? Don't all speak up at one time. I think, you know, it's funny because I, I asked that question to myself and some people a couple of years back, and then um, I, I, I don't think that there's a need for any new 
Okay. Black sadness, you know, per okay. se. But, I mm-hmm. mean, as far as the history and, you know, the legacy behind the black sadness that we do already have, you know, I'm currently a part of, I do think that it's definitely necessary um, for them to stay afloat. Now, at this time, though, I think that they need to be solely for black people. I don't know about that. I mean, you might want to let some other people in because they want to support our legacy just as well as we do. That's up to the owners. I don't know. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I do think that it's still a need for the, the current black systems we have. Okay. Okay. Ramaya Don I agree with Yasha. <laughs> I agree with Yasha. I think that they are needed because they're very, very critical. So, therefore, they prepare you for future endeavors that you have in life. So, I feel like if you can get through a black system right, you can get through any right. I agree. <laughs> I agree now. Dontrell, <laughs> and um, and actually to piggyback on um, what Ramaya said, I do feel like it's a need, um, only because I don't work around both sets of people. Um, well, I don't work, I don't work around a lot of different types of people. I'll say that, and a lot of times when it comes to black pageantry or black shows, they're so critical, they're so hard, they're so oh you got your fingernails, oh your hair is smooth, <laughs> oh your dress too short. Oh, that's the wrong color shoe. Your stockings don't match. And a lot of times when it comes to the mainstream pageants, um, it's what they call them. You better go with the mainstream. I taught you well. (laughs) (laughs) She's so beautiful. Oh, that dress is everything. Yeah, but it's not right, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I love black pageantry so much, and Mm -hmm. I'm so passionate about it. That's why I did with the black universe. Because they are so critical about the appearance, everything right. must go. And a lot of times with other pageantry, and I mean, you can see with you know the little costumes and stuff. You know, they they only go with certain pageants. You know, mm-hmm. and I, that's why I really appreciate black pageantry. So I do feel like it's a need for them. You know, it's, um, like, it's like school. You you know you brought up a process. yeah most definitely and 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 Dontre, you brought up a great point because as far as being critical because I had a conversation a while back with a few people and it was kind of like you know how and I hate to you know I I hate to do the whole black and white thing I really hate doing that but you know as a race we're always you know our people are always trying to make us be better you know what I'm saying and put us kind of at the top or trying to push us to the top and so in order for the the black man or the white woman, I mean, excuse me, the black man or the black woman to be seen and heard or respected, you had to be the, the you know, the, the cream of the crop, so to speak. And so mm-hmm. when you say, you know, with, you know, our race or our people are just a little bit more, it's, it's harder, you know, they're critical, our people are more critical, our, our board, board and owners are, whatever, but while them being critical, like you said, it is a grooming process, and I, and I, I definitely believe that it does prepare you to go to the mainstream level. But what I also see is all of the all of everything that you've gone through as a title holder on the black side of pageantry and it being so critical, I've seen people go to the mainstream side and kind of flop, so to speak, because it's what they think they're supposed to be at this level or they're supposed to be this type of entertainer or this type of competitor. And they really don't have to be like they're more hard on themselves based upon the experiences that they that they've had with um, black pageants or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to go where you feel most comfortable, and you have to go where you feel you fit in. 
And I always tell people, you know, where you go aside from uh, uh, black pageants, everything is not for everybody. You know, so you, just like you had to pick your balance whether you decided you wanted to go to Black Universe or Black America or, you know, whatever, you got to pick your battles there. You know, you got to make sure you know where you're going as well. But I definitely feel like black pageants are needed, my personal opinion. Um, not any new ones. We don't need no more. We got enough, you know. But I do know that somebody brought up a point. I don't know if it was Ebony Sherry or Alviana. was somebody. I don't know. I don't can't remember. But they said there are people out there that only want to be black universe, only want to be black America, only want to be black whatever. You know what I'm saying? So you have those that do not aspire to be continental U.S. of A, EOY, America, any of those things. So as long as we have those systems around, then, yeah, those systems need to stay in place because there are people in our community that eventually want to become what you guys are right now. They don't want to be anything else. You know, that is that is their cream of the crop. That is their number one goal or whatever. So in that right. respect, I think they're still needed. Go ahead, Dantra. I think that was me, Yesha. But listen, oh, I Yesha, I'm sorry. This, I, I want to say this earlier to my point of, um, all right, gentlemen, if you guys remember, a couple years back, it was a national system. Um, they were getting rid of the, you know, the pageant was coming up, and they were going to have a national walk. Then they weren't going to have a national walk, and then they were going to have a national walk, and they were only going to allow four systems to walk. And none of them were the black ones. So I was just saying that to say in the beginning that I do still feel that that is a need because, you know, if just say, for instance, you know, we patronize the system, and if we, want to, if we were the national title holder at that time and you go there, you pay your money to get in for four or five nights, you're not allowed to do a national walk. If it wasn't for your own pageants, then where would you walk and be seen? Right. So that was my point earlier. Yeah. Okay. Great point. Appreciate that. So so let's go to Universe um, for this uh, few last few minutes of conversation. Um who or what prepared you for this reign? Who or what, like, helped you get, not get ready for the pageant, but prepared you for the reign? Ramaya, I'll start with you. Mm, I think all the pageants that I've won in the past, besides my grandmother, Nicole, and Aja, that helped me prepare for my reign, but, like, even with d you know, like, he really, really grown me to be, like, the entertainer that I am today, and he's very, very critical. So I mm-hmm. feel like all the all the patterns that I won in the past have prepared me for this moment right now. Okay, great. Good, I like that. All the patterns have prepared you for this. Okay. Don Terrell? Um, <laughs> well, uh with me the actually the first system, well the first system that prepared me was Duval. Okay. Uh, I won Mr. Duval newcomer. And when I tell you before I won, Rick was so nice. And mm. the day I won, he was the meanest person in the world to me. Mm. But I, I never, I, it's so crazy, I never understood his teachings. But he was, like, so mean, so critical, so hard on me. And I didn't realize it until <laughs> I got first at Universe, which was a whole year after my reign. Right. When I got first at Universe and I did Duval, and he was just like, you made it. And I said, what? He was like, you remember every time we argued when I used to talk about your this and this is wrong? Oh, you need to change that? You need to do something about this? Oh, no, you don't need to do that. That's okay. And it prepared me to mm-hmm. actually become Mr. Black Universe. So when I was even when I won Mr. Duval, you know, of course, it got harder. Right. He was actually meaner. 
He was actually <laughs> he was real mean actually. Oh, he was the worst. Rick, I'm gonna need you to do better if you listen now. <laughs> <laughs> but look where I'm at now, and I, yeah. I tell you, I appreciate him so so much for that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it was him being hard and mm-hmm. like his thing is because Rick he ain't gonna give up. Like he's one of those people he don't believe in giving up. He don't believe in you know not showing up. Oh, messing up. Oh, it's time to fix it. Like right. that's how he is. Like me, I'm a person. Oh, well, if I can't pay for it, I don't want it. Right. And Rick is. Oh, you better work for it to pay for it. Right. Oh, you better go ask your sisters and them to have a benefit show for you. And that's how Rick is. You know. So mm-hmm. with him, all the teachings and shoot the headaches I went through dealing with him is what prepared me for my reign. And and I think Dontrell that people like Rick, having sat outside and known known of Rick. Um, I don't like know him personally, but I can go up to Rick and have a conversation. You know, we uh, you know, have our pleasantries and or may eat out together at Continental or something like that. But you know, um, and Rick's actually been on my show before uh, a couple years ago, a couple years back. But um, knowing knowing of Rick Finn and knowing the type of person he is, and and having heard things about him, I feel like Rick Finn is a person that if he sees the good in you, and he sees that you can be the next Mr. Black Universe, whatever it is out there, and he's going to latch on to you. But it's not going to be all goody-goody, you know, whatever, whatever. It's I'm going to start grooming you, and I'm going to teach you in a way so, therefore, when you get to the point of being a Mr. Black Universe or whatever the case may be, you're, you know how to be receptive of the constructive criticism that comes your way because you dealt with me, you know. But at the end of the day, it's all coming from a place of love. And I don't think Rick, Rick is, go, is not going to – grab onto anyone if he doesn't feel that they have the potential to succeed outside of wherever he met you at or or in whatever, you know, town you're from or whatever. So um, that's what I get from Rick and based upon, based upon conversations I've had with other people in reference to him um, that have all been good. So great. Yeah, Rick is – I like Rick. Rick is good. Now, now Rick, you have to stop being mean, but other than that, you know, <laughs> I, like, I like Rick. I like Rick. Um, and so, Yesha, what about you? Um. It was, it was kind of funny. God taught me how to have a successful reign or, you know, because I as I want to say, like, you know, being in marching band and ROTC in junior high and high school, that kind of taught me the discipline side of a lot of things. So I was just always a disciplined person and child growing up. And then, um, you know, my eight years of managing Victoria's Secret and my eight years at this current job I'm at now, you know, and management kind of taught me everything I needed to know about the administrative side of things. Mm-hmm. And then before I even started to um, do drag myself, I knew I wanted to learn how to sew, do hair, and makeup before I even started doing drag myself. So uh, all those things happening, you know, early on in my life or whatever, it kind of really prepared me to be able to range for systems. I mean, it just kind of came second nature when it, after winning the pageant. I, I had to figure out how to compete for a long time. The range right. was easier part, you know, but I had to you know, really figure out how to compete. And then, you know, like I said, as far as everything I've done in life, I was able to figure out how to reign. Okay. So we um we talked about misconceptions. So you're in the rain now, right? So you're in the rain, and you know you got you're almost there, you know, to the end. So what what? Well, my question is, what is the biggest misconception in your personal opinion? Um, what's the biggest misconception you feel people? or even potential contestants have as it pertains to ruling for the universe? As it pertains to ruling? 
Yeah, uh, ruling. Uh, yeah, like not even winning, just ruling. You know, people may have a, a misconception or the ruling. Well, yeah. The most question to me, you know, since I'm put it out there, is, you know, how do they treat you? Uh huh. And um, you know, I kind of I find it I don't really find it funny because you know I've heard a couple of things growing up, you know, in, in the past years about different things that were said and stuff like that, or certain ways that people were treated and everything. And um, I mean, actually, the winner this year, you know, the formers and you know all the rulers they've had, you know, kind of conversations about you know, changing that stigma and, and that this is not healthy for us in the system. And in my personal opinion, you know, I I, I can see that, every, like, I, I don't know what, what it came from. You know, I wasn't there in the beginning to know what it came from. But I can see that everyone has really done a tremendous amount of, you know, put a tremendous amount of effort into changing that stigma, you know, and for people not to feel that way or feel like, like a ruler is not a person, like they can't come and talk to a ruler, like you can't speak to a ruler. You know, right. I mean, they, they've all, they, they've thought, in my opinion, again, they've, you know, all tried their best to make sure that that is not the misconception that is put out there. But that's that's the main thing that I get. You know, people walk up and they're like, you know, are they nice to you and this and that? And I'm like, you know, well, you know, go talk to them. They're going to be nice to you too. You know what I'm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's, just, that's the biggest misconception And I mean, again, you know, personally I think it's a big misconception because I haven't Experienced not one time anything negative From a former or any one of the Owners or anything, you know, of course They're going to express concerns Right, you know, right, of course Nasty towards you or trying to, you know Belittle you or anything like that I have not experienced that whatsoever at all right. and, and, and before The other two answer, <laughs> I'll say This, because you brought up a great point, like end of the day, when, when people have that misconception or think that, oh, they treat you bad or whatever, I, I'll just say this. when you, Everybody, for the most part out there, have jobs. You know what I'm saying? They have careers or whatever the case may be. As long as you do your job and you take initiative when it need be and you're doing exactly what you are contractually obligated to do or whatever is, 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 is asked of you, you know, as a requirement for your position, then you're not going to have no issues. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's with every system, you know. But if you're out there doing the total opposite, then you may get, you know, everything that people say that, you know, the system, and not just saying just any system is, but I think it just boils down to you do your job, you do what's what's needed, but also be open for constructive criticism. When it comes, you'll be fine. You know, I think that's with, you know, with any system. And then remember, you know, you are standing on the legacy of – 20-some-odd years, so, hey, they, they're going to protect, you know, that, that whole legacy, but that was my piece. But go ahead. Thank you, um, Yesha. Um, Dontrell, remind I, uh, Okay, I totally agree with Yesha. Um, like, I've heard, like, a lot of things before I won, but it's like after I won, I feel like everything I heard was rumors. Uh-huh. I haven't got <laughs> any of, like, the... Bad things that they said, like everybody's like, this is gonna happen and this is gonna happen. Uh-huh. Like none of that has ever happened to me, so I can only go by my reign. I can't go by people's reign in the past. So my reign has been exceptional and amazing, and like it has been everything I thought it was gonna be and more. And I, I don't regret it like one day. Okay, good. And you, Don Well, well, <laughs> well. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, um, but two big things, mm-hmm. two um, misconceptions uh, was 
Naisha is so mean. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's going to be so nasty and so hard. I promise you, she is the nicest person in the world. She is. She is. Like, if you need anything, if you need advice, she is amazing. Like, she has so many ideas and, like, just about anything. And it's not even dealing with the lifestyle per se, but that's just a a really good person to just have on your team as far as real life or in the lifestyle. So that was one conception because I promise you she ain't mean. Um, The second thing, everybody don't go to different cities to go and play around. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. they feel like, oh, oh, the ruler coming to the city, oh, I'm going to have him. Right. Because that's how I be. Right. Because, I mean, I, I, I can go by my inbox. Right. And... You know, everybody's not like that, mm-hmm. you know. So everybody don't do the same thing. You know, one king might have did this or one queen, but everybody's not the same, mm-hmm. you know. And um, that was that's the second one for me. Yeah, I feel like you guys summed it up. The misconceptions are just that. They're misconceptions. They're not the truth, you know. And until you actually, you know, and it comes a lot from the people that are not even affiliated with the system, have never competed with the system, don't have relationship with those that are part of the system, um, or it can come from people that have had issues with maybe one or two people within the system, but they have now masked that as the total, you know, aura for the entire system. You know what I'm saying? So I think the misconceptions are just that. They're misconceptions. So to you title holders, I mean, to your, to you potential contestants out there, you know, if you want to be a part of something, you know, get to know the people that, that, that are in the make that, you know, kind of make the system work each and every year, you know. Don't just show up and they don't know who you are. I think, you know, you need to go out and introduce yourself or whatever, especially if it's something that you want to be a part of. And don't compete for something that you have ha- have heard all these misconceptions about and yet you believe them, but yet you want to show up on their stage, you know, each and every year. You know, don't do that because, again, you want to be a ruler. So, you know, I, I say just do your research. Um, Dontrell. What did you – you competed three yes. times, correct? Yes. Okay. The first time you did, you made the 12 or the 10 or the 8 or whatever they had that year, but you did not make the 5. Yeah, I got the bus. Okay. You Ooh. got the bus. Okay. The second year you got first to um, to Roman, and then, of course, the last time you won. What did you do differently on the third try? Ah, <laughs> uh, yikes. Um – well, ooh. Um, honestly. Oh, oh, you didn't do nothing. <laughs> I did. I was. Um, I just gave them all of me. Like I was okay. just myself. I didn't okay. try to be somebody else for any categories, you know. And I just did everything that I wanted to do. Point blank. Period. Right. And it worked. Right. I hear that a lot. I hear I hear that a lot from people, even even like from other interviews, um, Continental and NBA, NBA, NBU, and um, yeah, Continental, NBU, NBA, NBU. Like I've heard that from the representatives. Like I just, you know, the year that I won, I just did what I wanted to do. You know, I didn't listen to nobody, or the people that I didn't listen to were, you know, people that I trusted with, you know, little minor details. But a lot of people just say the year I won is, I just did what I wanted to do. I didn't I didn't conform to what people thought they wanted me to be or whatever. So. Um, so that was good. That's good. Um, uh, Yesha, I got a two-part question for you. Um, number one is, what did you do differently? Because you did place first to Albion um, in 2015, and then you came back in 2016 and won. So what did you do differently um, going back to uh, NBU Grand? 
Okay, I mean, it pretty much was like the entire, Um The thing, the, the best advice I got before I prepared to go back was talking to, to my good sister Tamara, Lord Jesus Tamara, the lifesaver. Tamara, um, she made me understand that when you get first runner up and you want to go back to a pageant, the typical, typically what you will do is try to go back and outdo everything that you've done and try to outdo everybody, and you create a whole bunch of foolishness and flaws, and you end up not even making a five or something of that nature. So her advice to me was you need to focus on being as good as you were on last year because you were obviously good enough to receive first on the oven. Had the oven not been there, you would have won the past year. So focus on being as good as you were the past year and just fix your flaws. So that's exactly what I did. I, I kind of went back and, you know, I watched the DVD a couple times, and, you know, I, I didn't study anybody else in the pageant. You know, I watched myself in the pageant, and for each category, I asked myself, what could I have done better for that particular category? And that's the way I prepared to go back. And um, the one thing I noticed for every category was I uh, I played it too safe. In my opinion, I played it too safe. And um, and I don't want the listeners to feel like, you know, hey, she just went out there and went crazy. No, because you still have to prepare your package to be scored accordingly. So right. what I did at that point was I prepared, you know, my package to be just as clean because everything was really clean the first year. You know, nothing had a wow fact. And I had to remember and tell myself, you know, even though that you want to get good scores, don't forget that you don't want to bore your judges and you don't want to bore your audience and your patrons as well. So uh-huh. I just can't, you know, coming up to next year, I prepared everything as clean as possible with the wow factor. Because at the end of the day, you have to remember we're going to universe and you cannot forget to be a punk at universe. This is okay. for some fashion and some drama. And if you are not a punk at universe, you're going to be left standing. If, you, if, you're, if you're not remembered. If you're not remembered. Yeah, you have to be remembered. You know, I yeah. know what I mean when I say that. Oh, no, no, no. What I'm saying. No, I'm, no, no yeah. I get it. But I'm you just saying have you have to be remembered. Right. You got to be remembered. And then you know. So what's my, what's my second part? I'm scared of the second part. Um, I'm not going to ask you the second part yet because it's like one of the last questions. Um, but I, I'm going to ask you. It's not nothing bad. Um, yeah, it's not nothing bad. I'm glad. I thought you were going to get into it, but you didn't. Um, so, uh, Ramaya, um, I know that mm-hmm. you, I know if I remember correctly, you attempted a preliminary in 2015, but did not go and compete. Correct. Okay. Um, but then you came you know, as Black Mississippi uh, for 2016 and won. Um, what was like, so this is you know, your first time, at, for the most part, first time going in competing for Black Universe. What, right. like, what was your, I don't, I don't want to say game plan because I, I kind of said that earlier, but like sitting there, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to say this, sitting there looking at you competing, Every dang on category, I kept saying from preliminary to final, that's how you compete. My, I felt like you could, now you may have, this may be different, but I felt like everything that you wanted to present on stage, you did. I did. And I feel like if you're going to compete for a national title, then she is the, the blueprint for these newer girls coming in to, to the universe system. Don't have that. And I felt like you were the girl that came in as like this. I everything that I wanted, this is it. But you can tell me your your version. <laughs> but that's what I felt as an audience <laughs> member looking at you. Well, you're pretty much right. Um, it was like 
like you said earlier, going into the pageant, you hear, oh, this year's so going to win, this mm-hmm. year's so and so is going to win. So you go in already nervous. So my goal was I felt like I was coming straight off the newcomer circuit, so mm-hmm. I didn't want them to look at me as a newcomer. And I was like, I need to look as grown as possible. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want them to be like, oh, she's still doing this newcomer. So prelim night, it was kind of like I was nervous because I don't know what. So I can kind of I, I kind of felt my newcomerish ways. And like, got you. Bridal to me, you know, I was like, shit. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I gotta That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so, then, so then when I got to final night, it was like after we prayed, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. It was like you know, you know, you know, you'll pray, then you'll look around the room, you know, to see what they, you know, whatever right. is going on. Exactly. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So then, I, you know, at the presentation, and I received that great response. Then it was like. You know that gave me the motivation to do everything else I wanted to do, and it was just like re- like received very well, and I'm just blessed and favored and happy for it. What 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 advice would you give to not not just that you know do what you want to do and all this kind of stuff, but what advice would you give to newcomers um, and specifically female newcomers? And when I say newcomers, not necessarily newcomers to to um, like off the newcomer circuit, but just newcomers to MBU coming for their very first time, what advice would you give them competing this year or any other year after? I would tell them to not be afraid because it's hard as you think. And if if this is a platform that you love, then it should be easy to do. Like don't beat yourself up and think, oh, I got to do this and I got to do this because you don't. All thing you have to do is be yourself and bring you. Because every queen and king that's part of the universe Bring something different. That's you know right. What I'm saying? So therefore, mm-hmm. you can only bring you, and you might need that extra addition that we need to complete the circle. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's right. why you just bring yourself. Don't bring. Oh, I'm gonna try to do this like so and so and do it like this person. Just bring mm-hmm. you because that's the only, you know that's what we're missing is you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've noticed just not even the universe with other systems over the years. I've all, systems, right. Yeah, I, I've looked at people that I'm like they have talent. Like you, they, I know people that can sing. But, like, all the time what they're doing, they're dancing, they're doing gospels and all this kind of stuff, but they're not necessarily advancing. Then I'm looking like, well, if you just use your real talent, you know, that could possibly get you in. And I've seen that over and over again. I mean, I can remember with one guy, newcomer guy, I won't say his name, he's not a newcomer anymore, but he would always do gospel, gospel, gospel. And then the minute that he came to the universe one year and he danced, I mean, he just wowed everybody. And I'm like, well, we always knew you were dancing. You were dancing behind people in the background, you know, and you can book and all this kind of stuff, but you were coming up here and giving us these solos and, or whatever. But the minute you came and you showed us what you can actually do, it's when people started to like, oh, okay, and start to gravitate toward him. So, you know, that speaks to your testament of bringing, you know, just bring yourself. Be who you are and, you know, and not a carbon copy of somebody else or what you think the system wants, you know. So kudos to you and kudos to all, all of you. So this is like the last deep question, and then I have like one, two little short answer questions, and then we're done. Okay, so it's surrounding preliminaries, right? So let me pull this up. Yeah. So, so surrounding preliminaries, um, do you – how can I ask this question? <laughs> do you think uh, preliminaries are still needed? And, and, and I ask because – I, and I think I may have told Craig this or somebody, but I, what I appreciate 
over last year with Roman and and, and Roman and Albion and um, uh, Toya, aka Ebony, is that what I appreciate was that they, the, the the team or the system were trying to bring the preliminaries back, um, but it also seems like people are not gravitating toward the preliminaries. Like the preliminaries are out there, the standard is set. They've already told you what they want. You at least have to attempt the preliminary so you can go to nationals and, and compete. But why do you think people are still not showing up in massive numbers to the preliminaries? And why should they show up? Anybody can. All right, this bubble. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, bubble. I have went around all the circles trying to figure out, you know, why mm-hmm. the contestants won't compete for the preliminaries. Um, I do know that one thing that I've ran across is talking to several contestants that will be competing at Grand is um, mm-hmm. a lot of them don't want anybody to know that they're going to be competing, you know, and and, and that's to their opinion mm-hmm. if that's what they want. I, I don't, you know, I just don't compete that way. And then, um, you know, I, I totally feel for two reasons that the preliminaries are um, – definitely still needed. Mm-hmm. The first thing is, like, for me, when I competed for Amazon Universe, um, of course I lost all my preliminaries, but <laughs> when I went to Amazon Universe, I think if you've never competed in a system and then they have preliminaries, that will allow you to, in the particular way that they judge. Mm-hmm. And if you want to try any wild and crazy things, I do think for reasons of, of critique, you need to compete in a preliminary, so then that way you can kind of get accustomed to how they judge and the things they're looking for, and you have a you have like a you, you've then opened the door to talk to these people to figure out exactly how to prepare for the nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first reason I do feel that the preliminaries are very necessary, especially for people who are competing the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second reason I have is because I have to, you know, I'm a, I'm a business person, you know, re- regardless of anything that goes on in the world, I'm always about business first. And I look at the fact that um, if you know you want to sit out and you don't want to compete for preliminaries. And then, um, you know, just say, for instance, you go to Nationals and you win. <laughs> so my question is that individual is at that point, it's like, what do you do for work? Like, if, mm. you, if you don't get the contestants to the preliminaries, then mm. the preliminary owners, you know, they don't want to keep having preliminaries and just giving away money and not having contestants mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. if, you don't, if you don't patronize the preliminaries and give them a reason to keep your preliminaries open, if you do get lucky enough to go to Nationals and win, then what do you do during your reign? Because mm-hmm. you really have nowhere to work outside of working at other systems. Mm-hmm. And the money, again, in any business is within that business. And you've answered the second part to my question. <laughs> that I remember that, too, that other question I had for you was why yeah. did you, go, after getting first runner-up, and while I already kind of felt I knew the answer, um, but why after getting first runner-up to Albion and not necessarily having to even qualify through preliminary to go to to nationals in 2016. Why did you feel it was necessary for you to go to uh, Atlanta NBU? And I think I think you've answered the question. Yeah, I, I kind of answered it for you, but not okay. to just exit. The other part to that is is because of the fact that I knew speaking to some of the owners and uh you know business affiliates at Universe, I do understand that the direction they're going in is that you're going to have to qualify to um, compete at the pageant. So if you want to compete for any pageant. Or anything like that, you have to think ahead. So right. with me knowing I wanted to compete in the universe brand, then, you know, out of respect for the direction they are going, I never think for now, I always think for the future. Yeah. So this is the direction that they are going, whereas I'm going to benefit from this now or not, you know, I'm going to compete. I didn't have to compete. I competed in, like, a second runner-up. 
Right. But I competed. I showed my face there. And then that preliminary, it did stuff for me that they didn't have to do at all because I was that second runner. They didn't have to do anything for me. Right. And they did. So I just thought that was amazing. But, again, out of respect for the direction the system was headed in, I competed in a preliminary anyway. Right. Yeah. No, I, I love the, the, the when you were talking about the fact – because it was already in my head and something that I have always, always talked about, like, if you're if you're trying to be a national title holder and they have preliminaries, but you choose not to participate in the preliminary, but yet you win, don't you want the work? Like that was something that you know I've, I've talked about before in one of my shows or whatever. And it's like I mean it just makes sense. But why not patronize the system or support the system or you know sow into the system of which you really want to be the, you want to become the representative for? It just makes sense to me, you know. So when you become the king or the queen, if you don't have any preliminaries. You can't say anything, especially if you didn't. Especially if you didn't sow into it, meaning you didn't compete in a preliminary, you know, um, prior to winning the competition. So, thank you so much, Yasha. Ramaya Dontrell, um, preliminaries. Why do you think people are not supporting? Well, well, this Dontrell, um, Yasha really kind of summed up the thing. Didn't she? Didn't she do that? Didn't she do that? <laughs> <laughs> she turned it. I think she kind of talked out of um, me and Ramaya head already. Um, but um, honestly, I do think a lot of people are not doing prelims only because they're, well, some because they're afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know, like, even with the last prelim, Atlanta, you know, it was mm-hmm. a couple of guys, you know, I hit up, talked to, what's up, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, like, all of them kind of had, like, the same, oh, well, this person coming and I know they're going to win. Mm-hmm. Well, shoot. I, I did the I did the same prelim last year, and they told me somebody else was gonna win. And who what happened? I won. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know, everybody don't see the you know see your testimony like you see it. You know, right. Because going into a prelim, you know, they told me I wasn't gonna win. I was a newcomer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what happened? You yeah. know, I won my prelim and then won the national. Mm-hmm. And so, so I hope that I, I hope a lot of people are just really scared. Yeah, and I hope that people are listening to you. Um, I, especially. Uh, Dontrell and and uh, Yasha, because you are true testaments to the fact, you know, that number one, Dontrell, people were saying such and such is going to win, and hey, you know, you did a you did a prelim anyway and won, but with Yasha, you know, she went and she was the first runner up, didn't have to go, but she still went and she got second runner up, and then she went to nationals and showed up and was the winner. Those are true testaments that first of all, you can't listen to any and everybody, and second of all, you can't you can't doubt yourself even in the point of just winning, you know, first or second at a preliminary because I can remember going back to 2000 and what is it? Come on, um, 2005. Was it 2005? Yeah, 2005, I believe it was, when I went to my very first prelim for Universe, which was Atlanta Universe, and Tanisha Cassidyne and um, Sergio Santi won. Aja and DeAndre, no, it was 2004. Um, Aja, yeah, Aja and DeAndre were first runner-up. And they took their butts right on to nationals, and they won. You know, so at the end of the day, what I learned from Natasha Braxton, who's my godmother, is that your preliminary is just your ticket. Your preliminary is your ticket to nationals. Get your grooming, whatever they can help you with, they can help you with. But that's not the end of it. That's just the start. That's just the start of it all, you know. So, people, y'all got to get out of there because I don't like to see that universe has now kind of come together, band together, got all these prelims for you guys to, to participate at, and you're not showing up. That's just that's just not right. But then you want to show up at the national. No, that's not right. That's not right. Um, and Ramai, so you you've kind of said that Yesha, you piggybacked on Yesha, right? 
Okay. Go Queen. So last question, um, real quick. What do you have? Do you guys have any personal or professional goals um, after your reign is over? And uh, what are they? If you wanna, <laughs> if you wanna divulge that information, any personal or professional goals that you have that you would like to achieve after giving up this um, this title in October? I want to buy a house. Okay. That's my okay. goal is buying a house. Well, I'm afraid that God blesses you with that house. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Hello. You better receive it. Yesha <laughs> 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 uh, y- uh, um, or uh, Dontrell? Personal or professional? Uh, what? Uh, well, I'll go because Yesha, you know, she she might answer my question again. <laughs> okay. So, um, <laughs> no, nah, but... Um, Honestly, I do. Um, there are actually two more titles I would like to get. Um, okay. One is still kind of um, on the black circuit, but it's it's somewhat mainstream, and one of them is mainstream. Okay. As far as that's, you know, that in the lifestyle. And outside the lifestyle, you know, I'm working on um, kids and house. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to pray to God on your, your kids in your house and that you win those titles yeah, it's eventually. Um, Yesha, professional, personal goals out there after your reign is over with? No, I just want to, I don't really, I mean, I have a lot of goals. The only thing Mm -hmm. that's going to be the most current thing is I want to kind of focus more on my health. Okay. So during my reign, you know, I kind of found out that I have diabetes and all kind oh, of yeah. stuff. So I just, to, I just want to lose some weight, child. That's all. I just want, okay. to, I want to get to a room, and I want to get in a room before my stomach does. That's about it. Yes, get 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 fit with the bubbles, honey. You can, That could be your platform for the remainder of the year, get fit with bubbles. And get these people, you know, because there's a lot of girls out there that could use some weight, boys, too, now. You know, and then you yeah, also want, you know, wanna, get on the health kit. Uh, I want to go from... I want to go from bubble squirrel to a singular bubble. Okay. <laughs> so just bubble, right? <laughs> just bubble. From bubble to bubble. Yesha bubble, Alexander. Okay. And, uh, Yesha, could you uh, let us know what preliminaries um, you guys have um, coming up for the pageant season? Well, so far right now we do have Supreme coming up in Memphis, Tennessee, and okay. that will be June 26th. Um, okay. And then in July 26th, Hotlanta University. Okay. And it's going to be in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, the rest of the dates and you know venues and all that stuff is to be announced. Okay, yeah, you can also go to Yasha and Ramaya and Dontrell's page. They'll have that information up there readily available for you, and I'll share as much as I can, as I always do, um, for the universe uh, system. I love them so much, and they treat me just like I'm family. So I love them so much. I can't say that enough, Craig. Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, Craig, Craig. No, no, Craig and and Ron. Trust me, Craig, Ron, Archie. They always um, they're really good, uh, really good people. I've known them for years. Um, so, but definitely, uh, Craig. I love me some Craig. Um, what else did I have? I think that was it. Were there any love. lasting? <laughs> were there any lasting words or anything that you want to you know say out there to the to your listeners before we um, close the show? Um, well, yes, I would like to say something. This is Don Trelliman, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to let y'all guys know that um, Mr. Duval on June 17th okay, um, in Jacksonville, Florida, and then Ms. Duval 
will be June 18th, which is the next day. Okay. If you need any information about either pageant, you can contact me. My name is Dontrell Iman. You can contact Mr. Rick Tan on uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. or you can contact Marissa, the lady. And, then, right. and it's actually one more prelim. Um, mm-hmm. That's when that prelim is called Sunshine MBU, okay. which is August 13th in Tampa, Florida. And okay. I don't have an address for it, but that is the okay. Okay. All right. So we got a few out there. All right. And thank you, Mr. and Ms. Duval. Okay. That'll be Father's Day weekend in Duval in Jacksonville, Florida. You guys make sure you're out there. And as long as the flights are looking good, I'll be out there too, supporting um, you and um, your well, queen, you Alexis Karkova yeah. Tejour. Huh? Well, make sure you come on Saturday, okay? Oh, no. I'm going to be there for Saturday. I plan to arrive Saturday morning. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, uh, of course, Dontrell. Okay. You know, you know, I will support you. Okay, first. we're done. Right. We're done. Okay. We're done. We're done. All okay. right, and um, Ramaya, yes. do you have any, any parting words? I want to thank everybody for supporting our entire court this year. It has been an amazing ride, and I'm mm-hmm. just looking forward for the last three months. It's kind of getting emotional a little bit, but I love everybody, and thanks for supporting us. Good, good, and um, Yasha. Uh, just I don't know. I guess at the end of the day. You know, dreams are for those who sleep. So mm. everybody, if you if universe is your dream, you gotta wake up and get on it. You know, life is really, really short. You can't sit back and you know, hey, I'm gonna go to universe in the next ten years and this and that because you don't know what's gonna be going on with universe. You don't know if you're gonna even be here in ten years. So Amen. that is your goal. And that's what you're about today. You need to get up and work on it now and get there. That's, that's right. It. That's right. Um, and, Rulers, I want you to hold the line for me, but I also want to um, do a shout-out for all the ladies that are competing. I don't know who's made the, the top ten, top eight, whatever they got tonight for US of A Classic, but good luck to all of you that are competing tonight, um, which is, what, May 22nd. And for all of the ladies that are competing for Miss Gay US of A starting tomorrow through Friday, I want to wish all of you the very best of luck and to Jerry Bird and the entire uh, US of A family, good luck and congrats on another year. So, Rulers, if you can hold for me real quick, we'll have the closing of our show. Well, that's actually it for today's show, everybody. I would like to thank the Rulers of the Universe for gracing me with their royal presence on today. I hope that their many supporters, fans, and even family were able to learn just a little bit more about those we rightly call the Rulers of the Universe. Again, if you have any new show ideas, please email me at thetalkwithmica at gmail.com. And as always, i like to leave you all with a quote of the week. And here's this week's quote. Know who you are, know what you want, know what you deserve, and don't settle for less. Again, know who you are, know what you want, know what you deserve, and don't settle for less. Until next time, everyone, be blessed. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.